0: Welcome to Write That Down, hosted by Nate Ulrich and myself, Jacob Novak. This is a podcast where two everyday creative people try to break through the noise and do creative things. Today, we're joined once again by friend of the show, Harry Biddle. He walks us through how he stays adventurous and spontaneous in his day to day life and even tells some stories from his time at sea. So, let's get into it. Exclusive Two Timers Club here on Write That Down. Harry Biddle was here exactly ten episodes ago on episode twenty for our first ever uh, brainbow. Uh, how are you doing, Harry?
1: It is an honor and a privilege. I'm I'm great. I'm sitting next to you,
0: so how could I be doing much better? <laughs> how are you doing, Nate?
2: Oh, you know I'm hanging out, feeling good. You know, nice long weekend. Um, yeah. We uh, we just had a nice little gathering of. Folks around a campfire and we talked. We hung out. It was a good time. So uh, we're energized we for the a week.
0: Frustrating U.S. Men's World Cup qualifying game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 And yep. uh, so then went suit shopping for a very exciting thing in a month. Yeah. And
1: three days. Yeah. So, yeah yep. 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 Big good big weekend. news coming big out of
2: uh, Write That Down podcast. So we'll keep you posted on everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so Jacob uh, Jacob and and Harry. Uh, spontaneity. What Ooh, is that? Never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. Putting so us on
0: the spot there.
2: So, so spontaneity is, is a very important part of the creative process, depending on what you're doing, but to be able to have those random bouts of energy or random, uh, um, serendipity moments, times when things just work together and it's like, okay, this is great. And how did this come up? Well, Who knows? I think that's that's a yeah. big piece of what we're what we're going to get into today but also just kind of coming up with plans uh and I guess not plans but coming up with uh, ideas and idea generation and and then to work those into plans as a big part of this process as well as how do we get ourselves into these positions where we're creating really cool stories because we're going on and doing really cool experiences right uh, and so I've have some personal stories myself, but since we have Harry on the show, and, and Harry is a, a a man of maybe very a man of little words, but but lots of experiences, <laughs> and 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 uh, and we're excited to hear some of these experiences. More specifically, what you you know did this past year uh, after you graduated college. But uh, but but first, there's a yeah. couple of introductory questions that we like to ask, and I know you said you weren't ready for this, but I'm thinking that. Uh, after, after Jacob asks the questions that we ask all guests, uh, we can help you with some of these answers if if you're not ready for them.
1: Yeah. So um, before the podcast, I was talking about how um, like what I call myself, and um, usually it goes to LinkedIn, which is uh, very out of date for me. <laughs> oh, I um, have to look at that. Yeah, it still says student, <laughs> yeah, from what yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, but. At this point, I work for a small bike shop slash kayak and canoe shop uh, in our local small town of Huntingdon. I'm one of three employees at the moment there, and so it's hard to come up with a specific title in that I do most things, but I am the person who's come in latest, so I don't have a particular amount of responsibility or anything like that. Yeah. And I came in, um, planning on going on the trip that, uh, Nate was alluding to earlier, uh, a big sailboat trip, which sort of meant, uh, and, and had no idea what I was planning on doing after that trip. So that sort of made my, uh, position there even less formal than it already is. <laughs> um, So I can't, I don't have a specific set of words to describe myself, but uh, on the creative end, I guess I enjoy singing. I was in the choir with uh, Nate and Jacob. Shout out. Oh yeah. Beautiful times there. Great spots of spontaneity along the tours and different things we did in that. And as well as... Uh, have found some creativity through working on bikes and putting things together and doing different odd jobs around my house and around my family. So,
2: so, so Harry, not to pull away from your, not to pull away from, from, from what you're trying to describe yourself, but for me to describe you, and we can see if this works out, is I see somebody who, uh, I see an adventurer. I see somebody who, uh, Enjoys all parts of life, uh, and all aspects of life, and finds adventure. Within a go-getter, a go-getter, right? But finds adventure within the mundane, right? And so, and that's what I see, just as like as a best friend, right? I see that, uh, and I don't know. Does that do? You, do you agree with that, or or am I le- missing something in that yeah. uh, assessment?
1: I mean, I I try to think of myself as a a go-getter or an adventurer. Yeah. Um, I'm not the most adventurous of anybody, but I'm certainly I certainly uh, try to put myself out there in uh-huh. ways that get me into good kinds of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess we can use that as a transition. Good kinds of trouble um, with talking specifically about the sailboat trip and some of the uh, good spots of trouble and how that sort of came about both. Well planned and spontaneously. (laughs) Uh, So,
2: as you're uh, thinking about this uh, big trip, can you talk about how? Can you first of all talk about the difference between the kind of spontaneity of it as well as the planning of it? So, obviously, saying you're going to go on this trip, either that was a yes or no decision, and part of that impacts how you further plan, right? If you say no, then you're you're not doing anything and if you say yes then now you're committing yourself to something that's crazy like this and that's awesome. Can you talk about how much of that planning process was actually planning versus was all right, I'm just going to pack a couple pair of pants and we're going to see what happens.
1: Yeah, so in one way it became my plan in that I knew I was going to graduate college and then when as I graduated I didn't have anything I was particularly passionate about going into a career. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had the thought of this trip um, then planned for possibly over the summer and ended up being over the winter. And so that became my new from I'm going to graduate college used to be the end of where I thought ahead. And then it became I'm going to graduate college and I'm going to go on this cool trip and then figure things out from there. Right. Um, So that adds a level of uh, planning, but also... um, procrastination on my part (laughs) as far as deciding what I want to do with my life Mm -hmm. Um, with the actual planning of different portions of the trip I left a lot of that to our captain I felt myself an able crewmate and I did some research into sailing and such like that Um, I also talked to my father who has a ton of experience in blue water, open ocean sailing, and some has some crazy trips and has been on a sailboat through two hurricanes before, has gone through the Bermuda Triangle more than once. So talking to him and preparing myself mentally for uh, a lot of the things that would I knew would come out uh, as different challenges... And being able to trust myself, my crew members, and uh, the boat was uh, a big part of that in my anticipation. But most of the where we were going to stop along the way and things like that, I decided to leave to the captain Mm -hmm. who um, who ended up sort of feeling that most of our like he planned a good number of things, including uh, different things, different um, agents that we would have to go through for immigration and to go through the Panama Canal on a personal craft. But he was very much take it as we go. Let's make a trip out of this, and he he had thoughts of where he was going to stop, but he it was very much a. Well, where do you want to pull into next? And understanding that if we were running lower on fuel than we had anticipated because we had no wind, we'd be pulling in earlier than we had wanted mm-hmm. or um, things such as that, that
0: uh, were made it a little more spontaneous in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, so to, to zoom out even a little bit more, uh, I mean, you talk about knowing that this was kind of the plan after college, right? of you know i'm i'm going to do this trip and then that's really the end of you know that section of my life why was that you know in your mind why did that the the idea of oh i'm going to go on this boat trip starting in san diego right is where yeah. you kicked off mm-hmm. uh, and then just like around and through the panama canal what what was the the catalyst that made you decide this was the you know how how you're going to cap off that this part
1: that's a it's a good question i mean i guess i often think that i should get into a career or sort of figure out what i'm gonna do with the rest of my life <laughs> and even though starting from anywhere it's the rest of your life mm-hmm. i had right, yeah i had that as my furthest out solid plan and right. i also knew that on a sailboat trip Um, and there were four of us on this boat, which meant when we were out at sea, we did three hour shifts, um, twice a day. So there were going to be at least three hours a day, but it was often five hours just by myself at the helm of the boat. And I knew that I was going to get a lot of reflection time as to what I wanted to do in my future. Yeah.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. alone with your thoughts.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, on top of that, the global pandemic hit. Mm. Right. All sorts of things really complicated the whole process. But, yeah, I just, Mm. I am not somebody who thinks ahead much, which is not one of my strengths, for sure, but uh, I make it work, I guess.
2: Yeah, so um, you just said that, you know, you, you, you're not great at this sort of thinking ahead, long-term thinking ahead. And that got me, you know, looking at it And well, how is, how is, how are several ways that you've coped with that and actually allowed yourself to, um, really capitalize on what you are good at. And that is living in the moment and making short, um, segments of your life that allow you to really focus in on what you're doing. So as Jacob was saying, this, this, you know, you, you saw, you know, during your high school years, you're, you know, the next segment was college. And then after college, that next segment was sort of like this trip sort of thing. And so in my mind, that is you just looking at how, you know, taking uh, your strength of focusing in on the moment and sort of in out of perhaps planning or just you're eager to do new things in life you jump into, uh, adventures. And I think what I want to get out of you more is, you know, this adventurous spirit that you have, how are you going to continue past the idea that, you know, these time limits aren't, you're not going to always have them, or are you going to continue to base your life off of when the next trip is? I'm going to plan this trip. I'm going to do it. And then the next segment of life, my life starts.
1: Well, um, I think I have a lot of confidence in my ability to be happy in the now, uh-huh. and then I have a lot of confidence in the future just turning up positively. Uh-huh. Um, there are a lot of factors that come along with that, and I think it's important for me to mention the fact that I have had a ton of privilege throughout my life, um, including a lot of different Things when it comes to financial stability, um, I was so fortunate to have a mother who works at Juniata College, so graduating with very few loans and things like that that have given me a place that I always know I'll be able to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I I know plenty of people who are quite spontaneous and uh, who live in the moment quite well and don't have that and I'm pretty impressed by them Hmm. but uh, I think a lot of my confidence in the future going well and sort of letting it come to me and knowing that as I work hard through life and uh, go out and do all these interesting things I'll find the connections or I'll find something that draws my heart to it Uh, I guess a bit of romanticism in there as well.
2: Yeah so to to continue on to that 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 part, part of being an adult is preparation, right? It's anticipating uh, problems coming up in the future and being uh, able to pre- not only prepare for them, but to uh, be able to survive in a sense, not necessarily life or death, but be able to survive or overcome. But on the other hand, to be able to enjoy every moment of life, to be able to do all of these things without having a plan prepared is also something that is very special to a lot of people who create things because that, that aha moment of that leap of faith moment of if I do this, what next? So perhaps Jacob's writing a line and part of that line is a part of his life. And if he puts that out there, some folks could catch on and say, oh, this is actually Jacob. Wow, Jacob's a loser. And now Jacob's feeling yeah. bad about himself. <laughs> okay, so obviously a boat trip versus like a line trip. I mean, this is kind of far-fetched. But but what I'm trying to say is preparation is good. But also deviating from the preparation can also yield some really, really neat stories and benefits. How do you cope with, with yeah. preparation versus uh, deviating or... or moving away from exactly what you've planned?
1: Um, I think a lot of it, for me, has to do with, as far as preparation goes, with just knowing what I definitely need and then uh, having a real comfort with the fact that I can deal with being uncomfortable if I forgot something. Uh And um, I guess... Being willing to be uncomfortable for that extra little bit Mm -hmm. uh, and for doing something else and really trying to put uh, consequences in perspective as far as if I am doing something in life or I am doing something on a trip where I want to go off to the side, um, what is an extra day of doing something Whereas I'm I'm moving off the path and then now I've got an extra day that I'm going to have this extra experience, but what I'm doing is going to take me a day longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or um, I could decide to jump off my plan and I have to be okay with the fact that if I missed what I was originally going for, for something that's
0: uh, that could be better, could be worse, I have to sort of balance that mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, now what that kind of makes me think of is I feel like the the general umbrella uh, understanding of the term spontaneity is kind of, you know, throwing caution to the wind and and just doing something because you want. But what it sounds like to me is actually a big part of spontaneity is understanding the consequences of, you know, shifting paths mm-hmm. Uh would you say, say that's true? Just, you know, that it's just having that, that kind of quick, you know, think through, okay, how is this going to affect this? How's this going to affect this? And, and, uh, you know, just thinking through the consequences of, you know, shifting plans, diverging yeah, timelines. I, mean, I think it's very
1: important, but I also know that in the past I've made decisions that have turned out great. And then have looked back upon them and been like, "Ooh, I got a little lucky <laughs> on that one. That mm-hmm. could have been a lot worse than it than it happened." So, is there uh, anything that you're willing to share? Uh, I can't think of something straight off my mind. I have right a story. Okay. I have a story, but uh, All right, here's a okay. story. story. It's
2: not it's not one of the most major events that uh, Harry did, but uh, and this will get us into water and boat stuff. So a good friend of the pod Sam Worley Harry and I decide hey let's we're gonna go Shut take up. a take a little a little kayak <laughs> trip a little canoe <laughs> trip down the river and uh and you know at the beginning of of the plan um winter uh my fiance and my dog mopsy were going to join Harry on the canoe uh but it turned out that actually it was it, it ended up being just us three guys going out on the boat and I think uh I'm not sure was it the little little no it was the Juniata River right? It was the Juniata River. Yeah, it was the main. We started. Uh, we started uh, at the the dam just outside of Petersburg. Yeah, Warrior Ridge Warrior Dam. Ridge. And yeah, so we decided right Fort below Street the dam, and, and we were like, we're gonna we're gonna canoe and kayak into Huntingdon. It was a it was a wonderful day out. It was beautiful, and uh, it, you know Harry Harry's got the canoe, and we're putting all of our dry stuff on the canoe. We're you know getting all this stuff that we can't put in our kayaks. And uh, Sam and I were kayaking down, and it's it's going well. We had we had tea and coffee on the the river. It was beautiful. We were the only ones out there. It was absolutely gorgeous. Hmm.
1: It was it was a little earlier in the year too. Yeah, it was a little it was chilly. Early spring, yeah. yeah, it was so a little chilly. It was early it spring. The, the water was certainly
2: chilly. when uh, yeah. when we were pouring the coffee and the tea in the mug, there was steam. We actually have some pictures. We'll have to we'll have to bring those back out. But um, yeah, so so we're going down the trip, and here here's here's uh, we get to a kind of a curve. Uh, I guess, a, a fork almost where there's a mini island type thing in the middle of the river. And on and we can hear the water because it's it's starting to move pretty fast. And on the left are some rapids, some white water. Again, this wasn't a very rapid-y like, there was just several sections that had some fast moving water. So the left side was calm enough, but it was moving pretty fast. And the right side looked like, oh, yeah, it was going to be pretty good. Like this was going to be a fun, fun line. So Sam and I we take the left side and and even even though it seemed like the easier side we were still trying to stay afloat. Well, Harry, who's in the moment, I'm going to see where this water takes me, right? Doesn't even doesn't even hesitate. Goes straight for he's like I'm going to choose a line, the water's going to choose the li- the rest of the line for me and he's going to go. Of course, he's got all of our uh dry stuff and everything. So, in his moment, I, I, so,
1: if I remember correctly, I, if I remember correctly, I promised you yes. that um, I would take the right side, that it did look faster and more exciting, but that your stuff would not. Would end not.
2: Up would well. not end up. Yeah. So there's a little foreshadowing here. Uh, so Harry goes for it, and and Sam and I were on the left side, and there's that island with the trees and stuff, so we can't really see what Harry's doing. And we're trying to say, look, I mean, when Sam we have Sam back on, he can talk about this. There were tons of rocks and it was it was pretty fast. We we could have easily we took on water too. We could have easily gone down as well. So, we get down to the other side and and, and all of a sudden we see Harry out of the boat. Holding one arm with the boat. Again, this is he's in the water just getting past the rapids. Holding one arm with the boat. And grabbing things that have fallen out of the canoe while he's in the rapids. So this isn't this isn't like I'm swimming for my life, Harry. This is not only am I swimming to stay afloat for my life, but I also will not lose anything that came out of the boat, Harry. <laughs> I think the only thing that you lost was the sole of your shoe, I mean, we had water bottles floating away. We had all this stuff and he's grabbing it. He picked all of it up and, uh, we get to the end, end of the, like, we get to the end of the rapids and we pull off to the side and out comes Harry, like a wet dog shaking. And he's like, Oh, that was fun. I just (laughs) let the river take me. I chose the line and then it, and then it tipped. And I was like, Harry, you're a good man. You are a good man. He was cold the rest of the day, I think. Yeah. But, uh. Uh, I, th- I felt a little bad The I was fine with the water
1: And uh, the adventure of it all was fun But I did feel a little bad dumping all your stuff in And making it wet
2: Yeah, you know, it is what it is Sam
1: lent me some clothes And uh, you lent me your uh, flannel Yeah For warmth but, oh, so, so it was, it was
2: overall, you know, it's a story And it's good Uh, And it's just one little tiny piece of. There's something in in the brain, Harry, that you have that says, "You know what? I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna see what it takes me and where it takes me." Now that someday could get you seriously injured, but in that moment, that was a. (laughs) I'm just gonna see what happens. No plan, nothing. I'm gonna see what the water takes me, and it it takes a certain set of. It takes a certain mindset to be able to do that, and I think that mindset. Is what's going to allow you to do either create really cool things or allow you to experience really cool things. I I
0: guess you could say Harry's built different. Ooh, (laughs) baby! Uh, For our Gen Z uh, (laughs)
1: listeners, yeah, and I think that something I learned from those types of experiences is that, like, a lot of people if they capsized their canoe in a sort of cold day and ended up with stuff in the water, they, that would have ruined the rest of the day. Right. And for me, like the only thing I lost was my insole, which Sam ended up grabbing in his kayak. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was wet all day yeah. and I was, like, I was a little less than comfortable. But other than that, like there, it could have been worse, but it's, in the
0: end, it was not that bad at In the all, end,
2: and, both Winter and Mopsy fun. were dry at home, and they were smiling, <laughs> and life
0: was good. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they don't regret the decision.
2: No, no, no. <laughs>
0: During our break, we just wanted to remind you that you can be part of the show by emailing us at askwtd at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, topic suggestions, or general feedback, feel free to reach out and we'll be sure to include you in a future episode. You can also message us if you have any writing prompts for future editions of The Brainbow or subjects to explore in our series, The Art of Things. So once again, that email is askwtd at gmail.com. Anyways, let's get back to it.
2: Okay, so we're talking about uh, spontaneity. We're talking about being adventurous. We're talking about how that relates to creativity and stuff, and how that relates to our health, really. Uh, and I think talking about our adventures, talking about uh, our activities, what we've done, is a perfect uh, uh, is a perfect component of the actual event that we had that was done, right? And so. There's actually allowing time to reflect on those events is just as important as doing those things. And so to be able to sit here across, well, I guess across the internet with you, uh, but (laughs) to be able to sit here and chat about these times where you had to not only be, uh, in the moment to, let's say survive out on a boat in the middle of the ocean, but you also had to be creative with a lot of things and you had to create moments, uh, you didn't have to create moments. You were in living moments that were very memorable. And so do you have any off the top of your head that just are stories that come to mind? Can you, can you relive some of these moments? Uh, because they say it can be very beneficial to your emotional health. If you dig back, pull back a layer and reveal. Sure. Like an onion. Mm -hmm. Like an onion and (laughs) make others um, cry.
1: I can (laughs) start to get tuned to it a little bit here. Um, One of the stories I haven't told much, which really uh, helps with the thought of the spontaneity piece of this podcast, which we've sort of bounced on and off of, uh, is the fact that though we did a lot of preparation, like the sailboat did a lot of preparation when it comes to uh, talking to people who had done big trips, uh, getting lots of advice from other people, we did, uh, we really stocked up a lot on food. We thought out a lot of different things with water and stuff like that. Uh, the one thing we didn't have was experience, which <laughs> is probably the most important <laughs> thing on the sailboat. Um the, Yeah, the captain was a uh, 29-year-old man who uh, has had amazing adventures in his life but hadn't done anything quite like this with a sailboat. Um, was mostly a fair weather sailor uh, until a couple weeks before he went on. We started this trip. He had a really unfortunate accident on somebody else's boat, which he learned a lot from. Uh, and then the other two with me, the one guy had been on a lot of open water or on a few open water adventures with my dad, but he didn't really know how to sail. And then mm-hmm. the third person along with me had never really been on a sailboat much in his life. And then myself, uh, I had been behind the helm of a sailboat. So like steering a sailboat, maybe 30 minutes to two hours in my entire lifetime, I had been mm-hmm. doing that. So I was hopping on this trip knowing that I would be there a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, And we learned a lot in the first night uh, just being out there. We started off, and it was a beautiful day. We got out of the harbor of uh, San Diego. We were cruising right along. um, Ended up deciding to take a pretty long line out towards uh, some islands that we cut through, which were gorgeous. Um, There were some seals that were making all sorts of noises. We were all really excited. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then we knew we were going to settle in for the night. Uh, We had planned this route to take us 12 hours, but it wound up taking us 18. Uh, We hit some decently high winds that pulled one of the jib sheets off of our front sail. So the jib is the front sail, and the sheets are the ropes that hold it, uh, or that you use to control its angle, how far it's. It is out and things like that and uh some of the wind throughout the night so we weren't taking the best lines because most of us were learning how to sail and how to use the uh, wind gauge and all of that along with we were just enjoying going fast which was not the (laughs) most direct line and then uh, we found out the gps didn't work great uh, so we had to go to a handheld gps and started to use the captain's phone which was interesting (laughs) Then, uh, yeah, so that jib sheet came off, which meant we put somebody else at the helm and in the strong winds, uh, put us straight into the winds, and the captain and I ran up front and were trying to retie it back on, but couldn't get a hold on to it. Uh, Both of us trying to hold on to the sail almost got pulled off into the water. Uh, If I remember correctly, the captain, Jake, was really really doing his best out there, but got beat to crap by that sail before Mm. I tried to come out and help and didn't do much. And that's when we went for just the main sail and the engine for a little bit, which slowed us down a good amount. Um, On top of that, we were using uh, different hammocks to hold lots of different foods and different things that we had stored below deck. And they ended up in the waves that first night pulling down one of the things that were holding them up one of the handrails on the top of the boat, which ended up dropping and hitting our oldest member in the head while he was trying to take a nap. And then uh, I decided that whole night I was going to stay up, and I stayed out on the uh, deck, and I had my... uh, It was San Diego. I thought it was going to be warm, but it was in the 40s that night, uh, maybe 50s, out on the water. And so it was getting quite cold. Um, and so I had my sleeping bag outside. And all of a sudden, the whole area started to smell a lot like diesel. And we found that there was diesel in the uh, cockpit just floating around the bottom. We had no idea how the diesel got there, um, which we ended up later finding out after we all smelled an incredible amount like diesel and we pulled in. Instead of at uh, 2 a.m., we pulled in at 6 a.m. into Mexico. Um, We ended up finding that our uh, what we thought was two things choosing which uh, fuel tank you draw from being one pickup and one return. So what we were doing was we were pulling fuel out of one And whatever the engine didn't use, we were sending it right back into the other diesel tank, which was full. And that was overfilling and then dumping it onto us. Oh, man. So in 18 hours, we learned a heck of a lot. (laughs) And um, (laughs) we were... We Oh, my. We were probably not the smartest to decide to continue going after that first night, but uh, I myself was just really excited from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a story that I, for some reason, don't tell much, but just shows how little prepared we were for this major trip. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, later that... Later that day, because we had been through the entire evening, I tried to hook up a hammock to something. And when I sat down, the thing I had strapped the hammock to broke off, hit me in the head and gave me a little bit of a head bleed as well. Oof. So it was, a, it was a great start for the whole trip. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was a, it was such a crazy adventure right from the start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking mm-hmm. about trying to enjoy things in the moment. Um, and I, I think it is very much because I'm different in the way of sometimes being, I I don't particularly think of myself as an adrenaline junkie, but I can quite enjoy some, something exciting and a little dangerous. And so things like washing, watching the waves crash onto the deck and being up front um, getting slapped by waves, trying to hold on to this uh, sail that was flying around. It was... Uh, I don't think the majority of people would be finding that as fun as I did. <laughs> um, Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know if if you want me to go into a different story.
2: Um, oh, yeah. Give us the I can, stories. I think that's what people want. <laughs> Give yeah, us I the can stories. talk about...
1: The fact that going into it, I knew that the mechanically we weren't going to be perfectly sound the whole trip. Uh-huh. Uh, that's just, unless you're, even if you're a mega yacht, you have an engineer on board. Or if you're some incredibly rich guy with a 150 foot sailboat that... You're having somebody be the captain, somebody be this somebody doing that you have an engineer because even those perfectly built boats break down, and mm-hmm. so a nineteen seventy two old fiberglass boat that was mostly put together by a guy who um was learning on the job he uh it it ended up giving us some issues um the biggest one was we Wound up. uh, We were trying to do the trip pretty quickly, and so we ended up finding a window in which we knew we were going to hit hard weather. We just didn't think we were going to hit the worst weather going through. And that put us in a three-day-long storm with some epic waves and high winds, some of the best sailing I've ever had and some of the scariest moments I've ever had. And on that trip... I think two and a half days into the storm, our mainsail got a rip in it. so we took it down, which lost us some speed, a little bit of stability. but we kept the engines running. We knew we had enough fuel to get us there and um, and we had the front sail up. And then uh, in the frustratingly with the fact that we didn't have people that knew how to sail um, <laughs> through from the start to this point, Two of us really knew how to sail in bad weather, and the other two um, we felt were dangerous to put up there for all of our sakes. So it was an hour and a half on, an hour and a half off, an hour and a half on, an hour and a half off for uh, 72 hours, Hmm. which was uh, exhilarating at times and quite monotonous and frustrating and miserable at times. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> my hair was completely full of salt, and uh, so with my clothes, I haven't felt much worse about my uh, hygiene ever, and that's saying something for me, <laughs> <laughs> but then we get, uh, I think, 30 miles out, or maybe 32 miles away from our final destination, our front sail rips, and then... About 25 miles from our destination, it really goes. And we were finally getting out of the massive waves. Um, so we rolled it in and we're just relying on the engines to bring us in. And then 15 miles out, our engine broke down. Wow. And uh, so that was pretty incredible experience to be trying to work out... Um, we knew we were going to get blown back into the storm if we didn't figure something out. We put our main back up just for some stability and to try to get us moving because we thought with how much wind there was, we could get moving somewhere, but it, we, couldn't, we couldn't go forward at all. We were just sort of stalemated with that. And then um, I went down to try to check on the engine. We s- swapped out the fuel filters a couple times, and it seemed like there was some water in the fuel. So uh, we tried to switch uh, over to our different fuel tank. We tried to run a couple things, and I would have liked to continue to try to fix the engine and troubleshoot that as well as possibly bring down the sails, be willing to be battered by the seas and just down below and try to patch up our sails and let us just go down to our next stop. But everybody was pretty miserable after that five-day leg and the captain ended up calling a mayday Mm -hmm. uh, to which we got towed into a spot by uh, by a dinghy for a mega yacht which to most people would sort of be a ski boat rather than a dinghy. It was pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, But that was an epic breakdown and failure whereas an epic breakdown and success in which we still enjoyed things was pulling into the Panama channel, uh, towards the Panama canal. Um, there are all sorts of radio things you have to do to get permission. And there are a bunch of rules along it. And pretty quickly after we entered the engine stopped working and, um, (laughs) we, I'd learned a lot from the mechanic who helped us fix the engine before. So I hopped down and started to try to fix things And the captain was teaching the other two how to better sail so that we could sail in the channel, Um, which we told the radio operator we were doing that. And he said, no, get out of the channel. Uh, We said copy and then didn't follow what he told us to do and continued to sail (laughs) in the channel, (laughs) which was exciting because there are big, like, car carriers and things like that that aren't going to slow down for us. Um so we had to like make sure we were getting out of their way, but also keeping some momentum and having enough to be able to propel us so that we could control things. Because so in a boat like that, or uh, in any boat with the sails up, you don't have any steering without forward propulsion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it was uh, it was exciting, and I ended up going down there and figured out a couple of things and covered myself entirely in diesel. And finally the engine started up again for us. And we were able to get to a mooring ball in our final destination. Um, A couple of sailboats that were there had stayed up listening to the radio because they were like, what are these idiots doing? And we're really (laughs) excited to see us pulling in and Uh uh, tried to help us out. And... Most people who are doing that sort of thing are aware of adventure. And uh, so they weren't they weren't angry at us for uh, disobeying the rules and the governing bodies and such could have cared less about us. So they weren't they weren't too worried about us uh, not following the rules, because if anything happened to us, they wouldn't have figured it their fault. So Mm -hmm. that was pretty nuts. But it was pretty cool to have taken what I had learned and uh go down and as a as a unit it was pretty incredible that the four of us were able to get together the three up top were working on sailing and getting ahead Uh, I hopped up for navigation for a little bit trying to help make sure we didn't get into anywhere too shallow and then as well getting down there and uh, getting help where I needed help as well as finishing off that uh, bit of the mechanical issues was pretty incredible. And yeah.
0: Harry, I could never, <laughs> no, never yes, would I want to, I, I would, uh, <laughs> I would quit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it's, man. it's amazing that you were able to keep on <laughs> through yeah. all that. Keep
2: and, on and, swimming, huh? Yeah. Well, there,
0: I mean, there are plenty of miserable times. There are plenty
1: of hard times. And You go into a trip like that knowing that you're going to feel you're going to have those things. And uh, outside of that, um, you just have to keep in perspective how many amazing things I saw when it came to different, uh, many other stories, as well as just beautiful dolphins. It's incredible if anybody has the opportunity to be out on an open ocean vessel, dolphins will just come up right next to you and dive up next to you. Saw multiple whales, almost hit one, which is sort of crazy. <laughs> um, it would have been a lot worse for the boat than the whale. Um, all sorts of just incredible things, meeting different locals in different spots. Um, it was, the, there's, there are plenty of hard times, but working through those hard times are very much worth the good times, in my opinion. Mm.
2: I I reckon uh, you could tell us about the flying fish story. Oh, when we were... So
1: during the bad storm, we had multiple flying fish end up on board when they're just jumping out of those waves. They're pretty cool when you see them. The ones we saw around were very tiny um, Mm -hmm. and they all jump out in schools and it's really fun and cute. But you end up overnight, you wake... You wake up, or the sun comes up if you never went to sleep, and you see these uh, different little fish, sadly having died on your boat. Um, and then after that storm, as we were getting towed back to the uh, one mooring or one anchoring spot, when we broke down, um, we. The one guy was trying to help stabilize the boat by staying at the helm. And that was when we saw the largest winds is when we were getting towed. Uh, mm. Over 50 knots of wind, which is pretty incredible. And mm. he ended up getting hit in the face by something. I was like, what the hell was that? As he, he was He was pretty much eating water the whole time. But then he once got hit in the face by something. And he looked down. And in the cockpit where there was a good amount of salt water that had Stayed there for quite a while because we had a very low freeboard, which meant anytime we were in the cockpit, we were wet pretty much in high winds. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little flying fish swimming. And it had hit him in the face <laughs> and it landed in the boat and was, <laughs> and swimming, was around. swimming around. And that was just like, you know, it, it was great for us to be given a moment of humor in a time where some of us were panicked. And I myself never felt worried about dying, but it was obvious on the faces of some of my others, uh, other crewmates that uh, that thought passed through their mind more <laughs> than once. So for That's them, wild. that bit of levity was pretty pretty. That's epic. wild, Harry. Mm.
2: I'm on a boat and I see my crew members and they're scared that we're not going to make it. And you're like, yeah, this is cool. I mean, there's a fish too. It just hit me in the head, but that's cool. <laughs> Harry, yeah. did you tell your
1: mom? Um, she she had actually been on a sailboat with my dad during a hurricane. Oh, okay, um, so she knew what you were so getting she, into. She knew what I was getting into. That said, after that whole having to be towed in and all that sort of thing, I uh-huh. I'm surprised she didn't specifically buy me a ticket and force me to get on a plane. <laughs> From yeah. there, because she was, she called more than once telling us that we really needed to leave and that it was a bad idea and stuff like that. Right, but, right, know, right. She's also a very supportive mother in those ways and um, was able to understand my side of things as far as wanting to stay.
0: Yeah. Wow. Now, if we want to kind of sum up uh, as if we, yeah, yeah. there's a point here, uh, what is the importance of, you know, incorporating spontaneity into your everyday life or your creative life or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh what is what is the most value that you see in having all these, you know, wacky adventures or whatever it is?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um I mean everybody's different and I myself love this sort of thing and just being willing to be tired and uncomfortable but have these experiences is something that uh, make make me happy and make me full. Um, and that is, I think, the most important thing. I, there are plenty of people who just small, spontaneous things um, can... Uh, bring them plenty of happiness as well as having structure is incredibly important in their lives. And I'm lucky enough to be able to say that I'm happy when everything is going right or everything is going wrong. Um, So I think just putting that in perspective, the opportunities that it gives me and uh, the opportunities for me to learn from the adventures I have are what, I have, would have meant the most to me through this. That's pretty cool.
2: I think there will be um, more stories that we won't hear on the podcast, but will come out as your experiences. Uh, uh, that's, so, so that's something. Uh, when you are experiencing stuff in, in your life now uh, that are either replicated by or induced uh, memories of your, um, your trips and your adventures we get to hear them because we live close by and we can continue these conversations and it's it's really neat how random things that you're doing here in your everyday life can uh sort of invoke memories of your past experiences and when those experiences are super cool those are really great memories so I'm, i look forward to hearing the other stories that come up uh the random ones that are Just as nice.
1: Yeah, and um, along that vein, one of the things I learned from this trip specifically, so openly to me, so obviously to me, something that was one of the very obvious takeaways that I had was that those adventures are best spent with people I love. And so hopefully Mm there will be a podcast recorded on a sailboat or... (laughs) Out in uh, maybe we'll start somewhere. with it. we'll start with
2: somewhere. a canoe. We'll start with a canoe, out, yeah. <laughs> out on uh, out on the river the Listen the Baby yeah. steps. We'll just do one outside <laughs> on <steps>. the porch. <laughs> <laughs> out in a hammock. Yeah, I, I, I think porch. it is.
0: It is important to bring up. I mean, you know, not everybody is going to be super receptive to you know huge spontaneous. Oh you, no. You no. Know, uh, tales of you know just i'm gonna go on a week-long thing or whatever it might be uh but there is something to be said even if you're say like me uh someone who you know likes the structure is willing to accept a little bit of wiggle room uh it is important to just keep uh spontaneity in mind and you know just thinking of things that you know we work on. Uh mm-hmm. this is, you know, far from, you know, being in a three-day storm out in the uh Pacific Ocean or whatever it is. But just like it's kind of like improv if you're thinking in, mm-hmm. in the creative world, right? Like just be doing these dumb sketches with uh Evan Quinter of Episode 7 Fame. Uh <laughs> where I just tell him like, "Okay, uh, just act like you're doing a dating profile video, uh, and, and just, you know, being able to, to think on the fly and, and change things that you think might, might be good. It's just being, being flexible in your creative mm-hmm. thinking and, and in your, in your life is a kind of important skill to have because it's okay to want a lot of structure, but not a, the world will not accept that structure in many mm-hmm. cases. So it, it's important to have the ability to be pliable through all that. Yeah,
1: and those right, spontaneous like, adventures will create more, write that down,
2: moments. Right, yeah, exactly. There you, go. There you yeah. go. Thrive, Thriving on surprise and welcoming mistakes, as well as enjoying the adventure that you're on. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I think that sums it up. I think that's solid. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah. It's good to have friends like that who can tell the stories, so that you can tell them again And pretend that you did it Exactly Yeah <laughs> Last week's episode You're like look Hear about who I know <laughs> Yeah that's right That's right Cool yeah. Cool Well that was That was very enjoyable Very enjoyable yeah. Thanks for sharing that Harry yeah, Of course
0: So Why don't we get into Some definitely not procrastinating uh, Nate why don't you kick us off
2: Sure Sure So don't laugh Too late My definitely not procrastinating Is something that I haven't done yet Okay So, yeah, first time on the show. All right. And the title, the title for this is Sailing for Dummies. Uh, It is a paperback copy, $21.99, and (laughs) it was, uh, publication was in 2006, and then it was revised later. The publisher uh, was, uh, I guess, Wiley, but uh, the two authors are, I can't find it, but Sailing for Dummies, which will be... uh, (laughs) In the next couple of weeks, potentially something that I read.
0: Nice. Is that something you just
2: ordered in the past hour? Uh, I'm not going to say yes or no, but I will (laughs) learn how to find and choose a sailing school. I will learn to use a life jacket correctly. I'll tie 10 nautical knots. I'll handle sailing emergencies, such as capsizing and rescuing a man or woman overboard. Launch your boat from a trailer, ramp, or beach. Get your boat from point A to point B and back again. Predict and respond to water and wind conditions, as well as recharts, plotting my course, using a compass, and finding my position at sea. So, Sailing for Dummies sounds like a solid read. Yeah. I won't say it's a cop-out, but...
0: (laughs) I I love that you're just like, you know what? I'm in. You got me.
2: That's right. (laughs) expedited shipping Thursday September 9th
0: <laughs> uh, how about you Harry
1: I would say well first off I wanted to put out there some shouts out, shout outs to people when it comes to spontaneity um, when it comes to the fact that to be and spontan- uh, be spontaneous you it's really important to have uh, some positive people in your life pushing you that way and um Evan Quinter, Jacob Latour, both recently having done spontaneous trips to visit us as a group. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Becca, who was on an episode, has done some pretty amazing things. Uh, Karis uh, went with me to Montana and back, uh, mostly just out of, for fun, almost on a whim. So. (laughs) I uh, wanted to shout out them first before the episode was over, but then I definitely not procrastinating would have to be the show I have fallen in love with. Yes. With, with Jacob next to me. Yeah. Uh, Ted Lasso. It's been yes. it's been mentioned before. It might be mentioned again on this it podcast. It will be mentioned again, I guarantee. Certainly. But I <laughs> are you gonna <laughs> use it? <laughs> oh, not <laughs> until no. season two is <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah okay. but it was uh I mean that show has made me laugh an incredible mm-hmm. amount it has made me cry an incredible amount <laughs> it's just uh the best feel good show i've seen in mm-hmm. ages and yeah. within a few episodes became one of my favorites ever so
0: yeah it's awesome yeah mm-hmm. we we've been watching it probably i mean for about a week basically maybe a little bit more we we are about halfway through uh season two now. Uh I think as of now there's seven episodes out. Uh and in the past hour when Nate delayed the podcast, uh we watched episode four of season Ooh. two. Oh
2: nice, nice, <laughs> so, nice. Yep. Nice.
0: So yeah, it's such a good show. Season two is, is still still hitting on all cylinders, firing on all cylinders. So hitting on all So, yep. so for me, Uh, This is actually also something that that Harry was there for. Uh, I did my first double feature in a while at a movie theater. I'd say the uh, last time I did a double feature at a movie theater was with my brother in, I guess it must have been 2018, where we watched Solo and then Avengers Infinity War. Uh, And so this past weekend, uh, it's actually kind of a, a... I mean, interesting story at least. Uh, it was me uh, and Harry uh, and uh, Xander, who was on a, a previous episode, and, and Haley uh, joined us as well. Uh, we went to go see Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, Shang-Chi, actually, sorry, uh, which is the next Marvel movie that just came out. Uh, and we were so excited about it. We pre-bought tickets for 7:30 at State College. Uh, and then we got there uh, and the theater was already full uh, and we were like okay we pre-bought tickets but uh, we'll we'll figure something else out and so then instead we watched Candyman and before we went into the theater for Candyman uh, went uh, and bought tickets for the next showing of Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi and so we watched Candyman which was a a good horror movie uh, and just you know I I, I've mentioned before horror is not typically my, my genre, but i still, I'm getting there. I'm becoming more versed in it. Uh, and then, uh, we saw Shang-Chi, which is a great movie, uh, really cool character excited to see, uh, him continue to be in the Marvel cinematic universe. Some of the best fight choreography, uh, in, uh, the MCU so far. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a good time. uh, This
1: double feature, Jacob, was uh, not planned and sort of spur of the moment. So you could say that you threw some spontaneity into that evening. I guess I did. I guess I am pretty cool. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Harry, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, especially when in a similar vein of spontaneity, uh, we asked you to do it yesterday, uh, about 24 hours ago. Uh, it was planned. And we we planned. We were seeing yeah, what it yeah. would
2: sound like, what it would look like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and of course, I mean, we'll love to have you again, on again someday and maybe get even more stories or maybe a brain bow or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Mm, uh, thank you. Is there any place that the people can find you? Uh, um, anything you want to plug?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. As I said last time I was on the show, I am not on social media at all. Uh, my Venmo, as I can steal from <laughs> Jacob Latour, is at harry-biddle.
0: Um, nice. So, there's that. Please let me know if someone Venmo's you something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like Nate and I should get a cut of that. Oh, yeah. At least five and, cents.
1: Yeah. I feel like you should.
0: And then, uh, yeah, and then
1: you can also, if you reach out to Jacob, he can relay messages to me
0: because that's how I do social media. That's true.
2: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Nate, where can the people find you?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nate Ulrich 16 Someday I'll tell the story why 16 is an important number, but that's yeah, not which today. Which I just learned. You did. <laughs> Yesterday. So yeah. maybe another time.
0: Yeah, Uh, I am at Jacob Yesfak on Twitter. Thanks again, Harry. Yeah, thanks, Harry.
2: Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.